This is Two Girls, One Mike, the show that talks about the holes and plot holes of your favorite porn. Welcome to Two Girls, One Mike, the podcast where if Buck Angel reading a John Waters quote gets you canceled, then a whole show means we've been offered a pilot on Fox News. (laughs) I'm your co-host, Alice Vaughn. (laughs) And with me, I have my amazing, about-to-be-canceled co-host, Yvette Dontremont. Yvette, how are you doing, hottie? I am so looking forward to my impending cancellation. I need (laughs) a vacation. I need a fucking day at the spa. I need an excuse to turn off Twitter. When I went up to this man at the XBiz Awards, the way I introduced myself was, can I get a selfie with you? I need to add you to the collection of pictures that are going to get me canceled later. (laughs) We started laughing right away. And I'm like, all right, we're going to get along. Uh, I don't know how much of our audience, uh, you know, should we do a little bit of week's news first before we dive right into into this? Because it's been a big week of news. Are, are we talking about more people dying from coronavirus or getting canceled? Yeah, basically. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Have we even had time to cancel people this week? Is so many people just... <laughs> Bear in mind, we've had one week since Super Tuesday. Yeah. One week. <laughs> Bernie Sanders is getting canceled. Or is Bernie Sanders canceling himself, really? He's canceling himself. Before we keep going, let's introduce our guest. We mentioned him already in the intro, but... <laughs> we did. And we have the amazing Tranpa Buck Angel with us on the show with us today. <laughs> right on. So thank excited. you so much. I was going to say thank you, ladies, but now I'm too scared to even say that because I'm like, I'm not a lady. <laughs> Don't worry. You can assume our gender. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> it is two girls, one mic. So it's like, think- <laughs> yeah, but you know, then I'm like, we're not really girls. We're girls. Excuse from- <laughs> me. I'm the mic. <laughs> right on. <laughs> I am speaking into her a lot. Like, you know, with the legs wide open. Hilarious. That's- with legs wide open. <laughs> <laughs> Under the sunlight. That is a new thing they're doing in the alternative health field. Ooh. Oh, wow. Perineum sunning. Wow, really? You shouldn't do it, but it's a thing that I, th- what was it? Was it Channing Tatum or one of the other? No, it was Josh. Well, Bro- Channing Tatum. Yeah. <laughs> Tatum. <laughs> it was uh, Josh Brolin, the guy who plays Thanos, I think, who oh. made a post on Instagram saying, yeah, maybe you shouldn't sun your asshole. I, I could be, <laughs> please fact check me on this. I could be mixing up the, the person, but like, it's like, dude, Maybe sunning your asshole is a thing you should just know not to do. <laughs> and like you fell for it. And if you get asshole cancer from getting your asshole sunned, you deserved it. And this was like, this was Thanos slowly snapping his fingers. And speaking of which, the coronavirus is killing people. Uh, yes. But really quickly, before we get to Corona, yeah. it is such, sunning your asshole is such an LA thing because oh first you bleach it yes. and then it needs a tan. You're so yep. right. Exactly. You need everything to be evenly browned. Oh my God. It's like, just, just spread, spread it out. Just the melanin needs to be everywhere at the right. I like that unbleached asshole is kind of making a comeback in porn. I just can't even believe we actually even talk about like asshole when we got viruses happening and assholes in offices and people killing us. And we're worried about the color of our assholes. We need a breather sometimes specifically (laughs) to breathe it, you know, look over here. It's like, (laughs) Every once in a while, we got to sit back and remember that we all have bits that we need to rub and pay attention to. This is true. Not that any of y'all needed to hear this, but like I masturbated yesterday for the first time in like a week. I've just been so distracted. What the hell is wrong with me? That's too long. A whole week. There's not a schedule for it, but I don't remember the last time I went a week and it was just... Well, you don't have a schedule for it. <laughs> I do. <laughs> you're like, right. you're like it's cranking them out twice a morning. I minimum. totally do. <laughs> it's real. It's like, what about breakfast? Second breakfast, 11 days, afternoon tea. <laughs> yeah, you just, you, you just, you get stressed. It's you true. need to touch those but bits. Masturbation with else, helps stress, doesn't it? I mean, for me, it does. Yeah. Like you said, with all these other crazy things in the world, we do have to take a break and talk about our bits. Yeah, true. And although there's been an article floating around on the internet, of course, saying like masturbation helps your immune system, which I highly doubt. Uh. <laughs> Let's talk about things that are affecting our health, including the coronavirus. Oh, yes. <laughs> so as most of y'all know out there, if you're if you're new to my brand, which would be surprising if you're listening, I debunk bad science. So I've been having a crazy week on the internet because there's a lot of bad information floating about how you protect yourself from Corona-19. So one of my favorite ones was a, uh, a health and fitness guy who... Not one of the brightest, but he, I'll call him a blunt instrument. That's a nice way to say that he's a tool. Um, he, I, this guy was like, I was like, I'm not worried about myself. I'm young and I have strong lungs, so I have a strong immune system. I'm like, here's wow. the thing. The thing that kills people from this 
is a really strong overimmune response. So basically your body starts fighting off the virus and then it goes kind of into hyperdrive. And not only does it start fighting off the virus, but it starts fighting off the lung tissue. And then you, your lungs start filling up with fluid and you die. So it, I'm not saying that being oh, young and healthy. Shit. Yeah. So, I mean, there is no indicator that being quote young and healthy, as this young person said, is a thing that is going to cause you to have this immune response. It's uh, It tends to be older, mm -hmm. uh, respiratory, issues that tends to preclude this. But it's about a 0.2% mortality rate from ages, uh, I believe, 20 to 50 or 60. And we're not sure what the factors are within those groups that make people more, uh, more likely to have complications. But being young, we don't know what within your immune system, what within all of your various um, levels are going to cause you to have an immune system overreaction. But trust me, going to the gym more, that ain't it, bro. <laughs> so... <laughs> So don't don't tell people to get vitamin infusions. Right. Don't uh, don't spread the elderberry. Don't spread your homeopathic shit. Uh, wash your goddamn hands. Uh, and I say get your flu shot, not because your flu shot is going to protect you from COVID nineteen, but because nothing is going to prevent you from getting COVID nineteen and the flu at the same time, other than maybe getting a flu shot. Oh, I'm yeah. not getting a flu shot. I've never gotten a flu shot <gasps> in my life. I'm a total weirdo what? about stuff. I don't. I'm a very, I'm a naturalist on some level. I don't drink. I don't do drugs. I don't, you know what I mean? So I hope I could convince you to get a flu okay, shot. Okay. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying this. Like I, I'm listening to you. So yeah. here's, here's what I'm saying. So you get your flu shot. Uh, it prevents, what they do is they kind of track uh, where the flu uh, is every year and which strains are going to be most virulent, which ones people are most likely to get. And they track the flu vaccine for that. And every year, if you get that flu vaccine every year, now it's not going to bring your chances down to zero, obviously, but it's going to bring it down significantly. And if you get the flu after getting the flu shot, it's going to take that uh, infection and make it way less severe. So it's kind of a win-win. The other thing is if you get the flu shot annually, it increases your immunity overall. So uh, getting subsequent... Uh, mm -hmm. So I mean, if you get the flu after years and years and years of not getting the flu shot, uh -huh. it's going to be probably more than likely a significant significantly worse than someone who gets their flu shot annually. So I, oh. I tell people, I mean, there's significant science behind this. After this, I can shoot you over an article Please from do. my friend, from my friend uh, Tara Hill. It's an article in the New York Times, uh, really well researched. And I, I will send you any evidence you want because I would, Trampa, I want you alive forever. So, <laughs> well, that ain't going to happen, but. <laughs> well, I want you alive for a good long time. So if I can convince you to get your flu shot, I'll be, I'll be happy. You actually convinced me because yes. I wasn't going to, I wasn't, but everything, so I'm totally science person. I'm, I believe in Yay. biology. I believe in science. I, I'm but, the other tranny. I'm the total other tranny who believes in biology. <laughs> oh my. That said, I believe in science. <laughs> Send your hate mail to info at twogirlswomemike.com. Send all of it there. We're, right we're accepting it all. We're bleeping nothing. Nothing. Oh God. I can call myself a tranny because I'm a tranny. So I don't care what anybody says out there. Go, move over. I'm a tranny. That's just how it works. <laughs> I believe this is called not a hate crime. It's not. I actually grew up a long time ago in a world. In a land called the 90s. That's right. And we actually called ourselves trannies and it was a term of endearment so i mean it's funny because the like i'm 36 so i'm i'm obviously not of an age when i remember like i remember it being like you know a very taboo subject and it mm -hmm. being uh like a part of the lgbt that we kind of like lgb and there's this other group that we don't you know That's we right. don't know anything about we don't talk about no one like everyone had their groups of lg and b friends and they might know one T That's and right. like that was not, you know, it seemed very off the map. And my brother literally went through every part of the LGBT spectrum. <laughs> I think uh, I did too. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, I mean, it's, uh, my brother uh, came out, I think three times. Right uh, so it's brother had a lesbian wedding now has a straight marriage. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally me. Oh my right? God. I have to meet your brother. That's awesome. If you're ever in Kansas City, I'll, I'll tell you guys where to okay, yeah, meet for up sure. for a great plate of ribs. I, I think these are things that we didn't grow up seeing. So like my brother didn't have role models, didn't have, right. you know, people on the internet. Right. You know, it's a new world out there now for trans youth, for people who are just discovering this about themselves mm -hmm. as adults. And for a lot of that, and a lot of people don't even realize this, 
they kind of have you uh, to thank for this. Yeah. So, over 20 yeah. years ago, you were really the first trans man to expose your vagina was, yeah. and show what, you know, the existence that there can be other bodies and you can experience different types of pleasure. And that's fine. Yeah, it is. It, you it, know, it's normal. It's not just fine. It is fantastic. No, thank you. But, you know, I got pushed back from my community 20 years ago. I got pushed back from regular people out there in the world. I got pushed back from everybody. So what these youth don't understand is that today I stay here, this man, because I worked to get to be this man. It wasn't handed to me. I wasn't given anything. There was no insurance coverage. There were no people. People oh, wanted man. to kill me. La la la. That <laughs> said, I want to say this to everybody out there. I don't need you to like me, and I don't even need you to tell me thank you. That is not what I ever asked for. I just need respect. That's it. You don't have to like what I do. You don't have to like the way I do it, but you have to respect your elders. It's extremely important that you understand that, because without the work of not me, forget me. There's way many people before me. And when you disrespect me, you disrespect every single elder before you. And you would not be here. Well, you have a similar thing kind of in feminism when we have someone who's yeah. third wave feminist who's like, fuck the second wave feminist. What have they done for us? Uh, Phil, do you know that you couldn't even have a, a credit card in the 70s? Like, I know, that's they what don't they know. Did. Like, it's like, yeah, I'm like, I'm not thrilled with the position of every boomer on everything, but I understand what they fought for to get to here and yes. why the fact that like, it's like, yeah, I understand that in 20 years, my opinions are going to be totally that's shitty right. to every kid <laughs> and I'm going to be wrong. I know, I, I'm accepting now that I'm going to be told I'm wrong about everything and I'm going to have like times when I sit there and grip my teeth and go, no, I'm right. And I'm going to take mm -hmm. a little while. And mm -hmm. it's like the older I get, the harder it's going to be. It's true. Now, it's totally true. One of the things that I want to preface to the audience is if you do have criticisms, please don't just go online and start calling us Nazis. Yeah. Actually reply to us with, hey, here's why I feel the way I do. Here's the evidence based on, you know, what I've read, etc." Because I don't want to go to an inbox just saying that we're horrible people because that makes absolutely no sense. All we're trying to do is have a conversation yep. today, really. Yep. Yep. And let people say things that just, you know, block them. Don't talk to people who spew hate. Just don't waste your time because they're not even. A but those are my best friends. <laughs> they're just some not my willing best, to have the conversation. Some of my favorite people like to swear <laughs> on the internet. Right on. But you know, you can't have a conversation with people who don't want to have a conversation. So no, there's many true. of those people out there. They'll just call you names, call you true scum, call you transphobic, yeah. call you all these names. And and then just run away. And like, I want to have a conversation. And then they'll be like, well, Buck wants to have a conversation. I say, yes, ask me a question. Don't spew hate at me. Talk to me and we could actually move forward. But I just don't think they have the skill to do that. Critical thinking is yep. taught in schools. And I mean, to, to kind of backtrack a little bit, as was mentioned uh, in the intro uh, to the show, you were, you gave a, and this was, it was so wonderful that you were worked into this because as Natalie said in a, an explanation video, you came on to voice a quote from John Waters. And as she said, because you kind of sounded like John Waters, right uh, <laughs> it was a great way to work you in. And from that one quote, she got so much hate that she left Twitter. And I mean, she already, like, she already had people that were out for her yeah. no matter what. And like my, my husband and I love Natalie when we are Patreons of her and right on. big fans of her, love her work. And like, I think what some people who are mad at her who are on the very far left don't get is that her work is not for them. Her work That's is for right. people who are looking into that world and don't get it, who are like, what's yes. being non-binary? What's being genderqueer? I don't get this trans thing. I'm an incel and that's okay because women are like, it's that's right. And I mean, the fact that she's converted incels, the fact that she's managed to reach into mm -hmm. this world and kind of, you know, decontextualize it, put some philosophy to it, get people to talk about things mm -hmm. that they maybe didn't understand is uh, wonderful. And like, instead of contributing to that, they're just looking for a thing to be mad about. And I mean, yeah, everyone's got an occasional thing to have a, some legit criticism for. I'm of sure course, that I'm sure 100%. that amidst the noise, but it's like amidst the the mountain of noise, it's lost uh, because it's the only thing they could say about that because it was funny. My husband and I weeks later we went back and the video that you had uh, yeah. a line in, we were like, "What was that video even about?" <laughs> we forgot. <laughs> we like, and it was a brilliant. It was the one. It was opulence. It was a brilliant right. video. It was we brilliant. Like, oh yeah, and we just totally amidst all the noise for. God, you know, that she'd made this great piece of art. And it's it was just so frustrating. And that was just, ah. This well, let me just show you how immature this community is. Yeah. I only was in that video as an actor. 
She was literally yep. using my voice. I never said anything except four lines. There was one thing on the screen that said, and Buck Angels as, That's as it. John That Waters. is it. I was hired without pay as an actor. Yeah. How are they attacking? That says to me right there that they are constantly looking for things to make a problem out of, and they don't see the bigger picture. And it's what I said earlier. They will take themselves out. We don't even need to help them. They are taking themselves out. It's a purity culture issue, yep. frankly. Yep. It makes me sad because it's like where you're looking at, you know, people who are making these arguments. And we all we all know before the hate mail, let me rephrase this, as mm-hmm. the hate mail is rolling in, mm-hmm. uh, like we already have 200 messages. The show hasn't even aired. <laughs> <laughs> we, we all know it's the five loudest, assholiest yeah. voices uh, in the room and everyone else is going, oh, my God, shut up. What That's are you right. talking about? I don't like it's like and they're going, yeah, of course I agree. Please don't yell at me and throw me out and call me true scum to like we know it's yep. like five people and like maybe 10 people who are a little annoyed but like are like yeah whatever let bygones be bygones but like it's the five people yep. let's like i hope people know we're not painting everyone who's no, ever disagreed like, like it's just it's five yeah. and it's like it's it just is five but like watching uh how bad the mob was after natalie and how it was hard to even say like i, I think like when i voiced you know support for her at one point i got nasty tweets at me like of i course. was told the other day on and i mean just the purity culture with this is fun i was told that i i was a, an elizabeth warren voter because i hated trans people and poor people oh um, my god and you're racist and you're a nazi and you're a, yeah i think i was called a racist too that yeah, was in there i'm always um, called a racist always yeah it gets a little work against your bestie. We're like, how are you? Help, help me help you. Yeah. But when you start throwing uh, around those words, you better be prepared for some backlash because you cannot just go around. It actually weakens the word racism. It weakens the word racist when you just fling shit around like that, you know, and then I have to defend myself over something that is so actually insulting and wrong. If you knew the work I did for all of our communities, not just trans, for every, I'm a human rights activist. That's the thing yeah. that these people do do not understand. And I don't know why they hate so much. That's the thing. There's so much hate in that particular part of this community that it actually has me concerned. What is this hate? You know, why don't we dive into that? That's a yeah. good question. And I think yeah. part of it might be that they feel so persecuted that uh-huh. like they all that they know how to do is kind of like, you know, bite back and they see anything that's even slightly counter to the narrative that they have as being a hundred percent counter to it. And it's hard to see nuance when you're just you're in a yeah. very angry stage of your life. Um, no, and right. that might, you know, that might be a part of it. Cause like right now, trans issues, like they're very front and center. Oh. And it's like the disproportional amount of hatred that I think trans people are getting and trans youths are getting uh-huh. uh, to the amount. They're like, a lot of them are like, I just want to be able to use the bathroom. Uh-huh. Like, and they see in the media a lot. Like, I think that might be part of like the overreaction of, ah, you know, that. But their own people, I'm their own people. That's the thing that I have a problem with. Like, don't attack me. Go yeah, exactly. so, so, but that's, said, let me just tell you, that said, I travel the world, the world, Malaysia, Indonesia. I just came from Australia. I do a ton of work with youth in other countries. Let me tell you something. The youth in other countries are nowhere near what the youth are in the United States. Really? Oh my God. The youth in other countries are so grateful that you show up, so grateful that you actually talk to them, so grateful that you actually acknowledge that they're trans, that they literally are like, oh my God, thank you for showing up. Where kids in this country are so entitled, their behavior, and that's why they act out. Any kid can go get hormones now. Go to Malaysia, good luck. Go to Indonesia, good luck. Go to even Australia, good luck. There are other countries that really put you in a space where you're never going to get these things. Kids here don't understand how much privilege they have today to even talk to another trans person. Some of these kids don't even have friends. So I have a different perspective on things than a lot of the youth have today. And so I do see an entitlement behavior. And if you don't speak or act or on the same level of what they think trans is, which by the way, there is no definition of trans anymore. It's a whole other space, which is fine. But if you don't get on board with them, you're a hater and you're transphobic and you're a true scum and you're all these things. I know where that's coming from. It's coming from a space of hurt and it's coming from a space of entitlement those are two things that they have their entitlement is causing the hurt because on some level they're like i'm entitled to this but i can't get it so they get pissed off about it yeah and then they react to us me you all of us here they react to us I think it's not only entitlement, it's a lack of information. So I see, I see the same thing. So for example, when I'm discussing 
concepts like the hijab and niqab mm-hmm. uh, to feminists in New York City. I mean, look, I say New York City specifically because I used to live in a commune. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's a really weird, interesting story. If you're a Patreon, just hop on there. I still live in a commune, but like it's, I have I have interesting room. Well, hey, one of my roommates is in the Bangles. I'm just saying it's an inter- it's a good. I con. remember who's your roommate? The Bangles. I remember the bang. Is it Annette? Annette. It Sink? is. What? Yes. Do you know that I went to June? I went to elementary school with her. Oh my god. Oh my God, you have to tell her. I need yeah. to talk to her. I've been dying. To, literally, she was like one of my best friends in Holy elementary shit. school. Yeah. Oh my you, God. Do you live in LA? I live in LA. Yeah, I live in LA. I'm coming to New York next week. I live in LA. Oh, you, you're here. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, come visit sometime. You I know, am. We'll, we'll, have, we'll stage a reunion. Wow, no way. We'll launch this on her. The show that makes connections. Please tell her I say hi. Because she was their their original bass player. Yes. Played with them for a while. Yes. She's back to playing with them and they're doing like, they're doing, uh, oh, wow. uh, whatchamacallit, they're doing uh, uh, festivals again. And what? like, at, you know, in her 50s, she's doing she's festivals. She's badass. Yeah. And she, oh yeah, she's such She's a, the same age as me. I'm 57. So she must be 50. She's yeah. amazing. Like, she's just so amazing. Oh, I love wow. her so much much and she's so like she's such a hard worker and just I I have just boatload I love that you went you went to elementary school with my roommate I knew that about her I knew I remember a sixth grade that girl I knew she was going to be something I did I actually knew it talent I knew it the other day like she did a small show the other day with um uh, the lead singer from um the love and spoonful um what? and she played and she played the harmonic i didn't even realize that she, she played she plays three different styles of the harmonica. she had she had she's what? like yeah i had three harmonicas in my pocket because i didn't know which key because she her main thing is a bass player she's like yeah i had three different harmonicas in my pocket just in case uh, oh he changed the key. I mean, i'm like holy fucking hell what can't you do but her voice and her songwriting is it's just insane. amazing and like all like i just like my th- main thing in the house is everyone knows me as the person who cooks for everyone. So like whenever I'm in the kitchen, she's like, are you, are you going to make the, the coconut cream cheese cookies again soon? Just because I, I like this. But yeah, we, we bonded. We bonded over sugar. Right on. But huh. Wow. Anywho, back off that subject, subject of commune living. Yeah. So the point I was just making really quickly is that, for example, like I remember traveling to Morocco and Morocco, out of all the countries that practice Islamic faith, happens to be one of the most liberal ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yet I'll see women in over 100 degree weather. It's dry heat, complete niqab yeah. with a completely black with a black umbrella over them. And it's horrific. And I'm already wearing something that's traditional uh, dress code, a jalaba. And I feel like I'm wearing a freaking sweater in the middle of uh, August. Oh, it's horrific. God. So when I explain that to people, when I come back from my trip, they're like, well, you know, it's their choice. That is not their choice. I had people make that argument. I'm not kidding. I can believe in some parts of the world that it is a woman's choice to wear uh, the hijab, just the headscarf. I have a very hard time believing that women willfully choose in countries where there are where they have, shall we say, much more stringent religious laws uh, that it is their choice to wear the full head to toe. It's not their choice. I don't know who's saying that, but they don't have any. They don't understand the Muslim faith. They don't understand any of it. None of it. No, and I mean, I was only just giving that example as akin to what you were mentioning of, you know, people feel entitled, but also people lack information. And that's the thing when you're in the United States, it pretty much is the world politics. I mean, when you look at most world politics, U.S. takes up what easily 50 percent of the news. Yeah, you're right. You're totally right. We are an ongoing reality show of of information. (laughs) It's it's scary. Like I, I, I'd say I miss when when stuff in the U.S. made sense, but I just don't know if I was so young that I don't remember that it always (laughs) didn't make sense. No, it's because you're mature now. You're mature. We are actually mature people here. It did go a little crazier in 2016, right? Or 2015, 2016, something went a little more off the rails, right? Like, yeah, yeah, like the reality yeah. show guy winning the presidency, like something, something in the matrix went wrong. Hey, you cannot argue that the Republicans don't have a fair primary process. No one fucking wanted that. <laughs> yeah, it's so like, true. They did not Joe Biden him as, yeah. as I'm just saying, like, I'm not team Bernie, but part of me that like the little part, bit of me that kind of goes, go Bernie, go yeah, of course. Uh, is the part of me that watched like everyone like consolidate behind <laughs> Biden. It was like, you know, there were meet like I, I know it's a little conspiratorial, but at the same time, you know, this fucking happened. Like, you know, there are meetings with people going, all right, we need someone to like, we need to all drop out and not have what happened to the party like with Trump. Oh, no, you're totally right. Bernie. Yeah. And they're like, which one of us has a chance? They just, yeah. for whatever reason, Biden. And I'm like, ah, now we're stuck with like my Ugh. two I wanted. 
Exactly. I, I actually don't like Biden at all. I'm actually not happy with that choice. You know, point me towards a voting booth in November. I'll check the blue box. That's, That's right. kumbaya. I'm done. done. <laughs> so what we're saying is uh, not four years of Trump, right? Well, it might happen. I'm terrified and it's I, I feel we did it to ourselves. We did. Guys, uh, mark this episode date and uh, get back to us in November. <laughs> totally. See what happens. See how good fortune tellers we are. <laughs> are we Nostradamus or not? We hope we're wrong. We hope we're bad fortune tellers but you know it's just but yeah like they you know that the republicans look back on 2016 election and go damn we (laughs) wish we'd done that (laughs) really for real (laughs) why did marco rubio and all the rest of these guys have to stick it out for six states (laughs) (laughs) totally (laughs) you know they're looking at it going oh joe biden you crafty old man (laughs) (laughs) so scary So I have a question, Buck. I know that when I was reading online about you, you mentioned that there's a difference between transgender and transsexual. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's the difference? I have no idea. Okay. So this is one of the things that get me in trouble, but I don't, you know, it's like people need to understand this is my identity. Come on and get in trouble here. Yeah, right on. So here's the deal. Once upon a time, there was an identity called transsexual and transsexual was somebody who transitioned from one binary gender to the other sort such as myself. I was born female. I'm biologically female and I transitioned to become a man using testosterone and surgery. So I look like a man and da da da. I don't have a penis, but that said, everything else is very masculine. That's what it used to be called. And that's what a trans and then eventually became transgender. Then what happened was a movement came along and sort of took this word transgender, made it into an umbrella term. And that umbrella term now is created in order to have genderqueer, nonconforming, F to M, M to F, trans femme, trans masculine, trans, but transsexual was taken out of the equation because they said it was antiquated, it's old, and it's a derogatory word. I said, you are wrong. That is my identity. I am in no way, shape, or form under that umbrella because I had a sex change. I literally went from a woman to a man. I do not live as a trans person. I do not live as a transgender person. I do not live as F to M. I literally had a sex change to live my life as a man. My history is transsexual. So this is why I try to divide and say There's a difference between a person who is a transsexual and a person who is transgender. Now, that's what gets me in trouble because they're saying that I'm dividing between medical and non-medical. I am not saying that. I'm saying that now the newer generation of transgender people, there are people like me who want to go under the transgender umbrella. Yay, I'm happy for them and they should be able to use that identity. But there are many people like myself who want to call ourselves transsexuals because we feel that that identity completely 100% relates to me. I am not a trans person. and it's not why I transitioned. Today, people are transitioning to be trans. Now it's an identity choice. This is not mm. an identity choice. This is an actual medical condition that has gender dysphoria attached to it. And I needed medical help in order to be alive. I would not be alive today if I was like the newer generation. I could not live looking like a woman. I could not live as genderqueer. I could not live as FDM. I could not live under any of those labels that are under the transgender umbrella. I need to live as a man. So I put myself out to the world as a trans for the youth and the people out there who are like me, because there's many of them like me who are feeling lost under the transgender umbrella. So I brought forth this particular identity in order to help kids see Trampa as their future. And everyone else can do what they need to do. I'm not doing that for everybody. I'm doing it for a very specific group of people. Does that make sense? That does make sense. I mean, that's one of the reasons I felt as if I had so many issues getting more details of the trans community, Mm -hmm. because it just seemed like there's so many different segments. Mm -hmm. There's so many different ways you can identify. And I think it's great that there's such a plethora so people could find exactly what niche they feel they fall within so they could get more information. That's why I didn't understand, you know, when I saw like, oh, trans medicalist, I never heard the term. It's It's not in my everyday work vocabulary. That's a slur. When you say trans medicalist, what you're saying is that I only believe in transitioning through medical. That is, did you hear me? I never said that. No, you said you don't. I believe in everybody. Yeah. You said that you identify as a transsexual because of these terms. And it's like. I'm not trans. I don't speak for anyone mm-hmm. in the trans community. I'm not going to try to to examine this uh, to figure out what someone's point of view is who disagrees with you. Mm-hmm. If someone 
wants to come on who can do this in a way that's respectful. Right on. Tell us info two girls one mic because we're happy to hear other points of view. Thank uh, you. But here's the thing: I think that you should honor how someone identifies, no matter what right. uh, the terminology is, and if the terminology comes from a previous generation and is shifted uh, in terms of how you would identify that now. I think telling someone else you have to identify as this now. It seems counterintuitive to how I was brought up of, hey, we're accepting all the labels. Like, I, I mean, right. I, I identify as bisexual and I've been told, no, it's pan because you also uh, are true. attracted. And, <laughs> and the reason was it's because you've also I've also slept with trans people. And I'm like, so? I, but I consider the trans woman I slept with a woman. Thank you. So, so you're bisexual. Uh, I feel like that's bi right there. <laughs> bi erasure. It was very uh, a strange. Uh, mm hmm argument to me that I would have to be panned because of that. And it's like, well, you got to get rid of my bias. But wait, don't you see what they're doing? They're forcing you to use a language that they like, that they like. That bothered me. And I'm like, I don't need pan to describe right. uh, how I am. And I get it. Like there, I'm sure that I'm sure that there is someone out there who is envy who I'm attracted to. But at the same time, Doesn't I'm like, matter. I don't. I'm fine with the term bisexual Me for too. myself. I'm a bisexual like person too. Yeah. Fist bumpsies across the internet. Right on. Bam. Safest way to not get coronavirus. Right. Well, Yvette, you might not want to transplain, but I'm a confident white cis woman and I will. <laughs> right on. Oh my. <laughs> go, you go for it. Well, again, I'm just gunning for Tommy Lauren's job, I guess. <laughs> But you're allowed to have an opinion. Let me say this as a transsexual man who's part of the LGBTQ plus ABCD community. The quilt bag. Oh my God, it's ridiculous. That, that is said, actually an acronym that they use. Oh my I don't, God. I, I don't remember what it, it stands for, but quilt bag is an accurate acronym for something. Who knows? You see what people... Really? Let me tell you. Yeah. Do you know how many percent of people in the world are transsexual? Do you know are transgender? No. Under one. Under one. 0.5% of the population. And we are acting like this, it's shameful and disgusting. We're going to totally take ourselves out. I work too hard to get to this space. And you know, here's the deal. What I tell the kids all the time, I'm done. I had my sex change. I'm a dude. I have a business. I have a life. I, I could literally walk away from this community today and have everything I need. And you kids are going to suffer. And I keep telling them, you have to hear what I'm saying. When you argue and fight within our own community, you are letting the rest of the world see us as wing nuts and they will not give us anything. I get every Everything. I get everything I need. But they have to take on the establishment on both sides. <laughs> I'm literally a man <laughs> with a vagina and the whole world knows I'm a man with a vagina. Does that stop me? Has it ever stopped me? No, it's made me more powerful. People in the outside world respect me because I stood up for myself and I stand up for myself, but I don't attack people. There's a big difference for standing up for yourself and being very solid in your thought process than attacking. And when you attack, people don't want to play with you anymore and they will not listen to you. And that's what people need to understand. We need to stop attacking each other, whether or not we agree or not. We are more powerful in numbers and we are literally destroying this community, destroying it. And that was one thing that uh, that Natalie said about why she had you on. She's like, yes. knowing that there was, quote, some controversy. Yes. Uh, she said, she's like, it's better to have a trans person on and not push someone out of this community mm -hmm. than push someone out of this community because of a disagreement over something something that seems in the broad work of all, everything you've done, overall trivial. But see, for some reason- I say that and I will get canceled for <laughs> saying just that one word. That's trivial. I you don't know why. It's just weird. Why would, I don't know what this is that people have against me and the, a certain group, not a lot. I have way more lovers than haters, but there's a very specific group of people that just don't like me. And I don't really know why. They've only said I'm anti-non-binary, which is, again, I'm going to say it here. I say it in every podcast. I've never said that. I am not non-binary. My lover is non-binary. <laughs> it's like ridiculous. It's- <laughs> That is some self-hating, like, <laughs> you really hate your clitoris, don't you? Yeah, totally. I'm just like, what are you people talking about? He hates non-binary people so much, he decided to fuck one. <laughs> totally. I'm that just is like, how I show ridiculous. my hatred. But that's how you can tell they're full of shit. I mean, it takes hate fucking to a new level. Yeah, right on. Yeah, they just pull shit out of the air. And that's really a shame. It's a shame. 
question. So again, for our listeners who are not familiar with the term non-binary, mm-hmm. what is that? What is it that the youths are talking about? Well, I think for me and what I understand is non-binary basically is someone who does not feel male or female. So they don't want to claim that identity, which is totally awesome. And, and in fact, 30 years yeah. ago when I was a dyke, we used to call ourselves gender fluid. So it's not a new term and it's not something that people haven't thought about. It's been around forever. For some reason, the new generation thinks they created this and it's new. It's been here forever. And I've seen some people that identify as gender fluid or non-binary and, gen- and I'm not sure. Uh, there's some crossover between the terms. I know some, uh, yes. some people who identify as gender fluid will feel like a man one day and a woman another Uh, and non-binary they're like i feel like i'm somewhere in the middle of the gender spectrum and as one of my uh one of my friends who's comic said she's uh assigned female she's like i think maybe i'm a trans man i just i'm too lazy to transition (laughs) right on that's (laughs) awesome i love that that's totally awesome and it's like you know i i think that there's maybe there is a transition of gender maybe there's a you know a lot of different ways that that's right expresses itself and i figure it's not up to me to tell people how to how to uh, identify whether it's transsexual whether it's envy whether it's gender fluid That's right it's just up to me to tell them that there's a bathroom that they can use yeah right on that's very very important that we just accept all identity and that's that however i choose to identify has no reflection on you it's my choice to identify so now that i identify as a man i'm part of the patriarchy (laughs) does that Welcome to the club. Do you get a membership? Do you get a discount at Costco? Tell me at least Red Lobster. But since you went to working in porn, you went to working in the one field where men don't make as Right, right. Oh, damn. But since you still had a clitoris, how did that work out? Yeah, right on. So luckily I created my own genre. Nice. (laughs) And I could make my own price point. Oh, yeah. And I was the only one there for a while, so I pretty much cornered the market. (laughs) Niche market. I like it. I like it. Supply, demand. Right on. Right on. Yvette, remember when we were younger? Alice, you're still younger. Well, remember when the men were younger and they were always hot and ready at the word go? Like a pizza. But now in our older, more experienced days, men can get a boost in confidence in their performance in bed with a little help from our sponsor, BlueChew.com. That's B-L-U-E, like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable prescription with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they can work up to twice as fast as a tablet. So you'll be ready and horizon when the opportunity comes or when it doesn't and you just want a hard-on to hang a coat off of. If you're in otherwise good health and have considered looking into this before, Blue Chew is a safe, fast, and two girls on mic approved way to enhance your performance. Mm-hmm. Blue Chew is prescribed online by licensed physicians and it ships right to your door in a discreet package. And they're made in the USA. And since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. And we hope our listeners aren't shy about their pleasure, but we understand this can be a delicate conversation with your doctor. With Blue Chew, there's no more awkwardness. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit bluechew.com and get your first shipment free. All you have to do is use our special promo code, two girls. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B L U E Chew.com with promo code, two girls, T W O G I R L S, to try it for free. Blue Chew is a better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring this episode. I have a question because I don't understand uh, one thing mm-hmm. about non-binary. Okay. So based on what it seems like it's been described to me, and again, I could be completely wrong. I'll be honest. It almost sounds like the rejection of stereotypical gender roles, yeah. meaning that, you know, I don't identify as a woman or male because I don't seem to conform to society's idea of what a man or woman is. But I don't know. It's a little confusing for me because, I mean, I've never thought about what it means to be a female or that's because you don't um, have to because you were born and you're comfortable that way so that that's one of the privileges of being born in your gender and loving your gender it's like you just totally have that and it's awesome and you never think about it and that's a really amazing space to be in i'm in that space now i was born a woman but i became a man but i'm so happy with my life and i don't feel in any way shape or form i actually believe that if i was not born this way i wouldn't be this guy but that said if Mm. i would have had the opportunity to be born a man i would have taken it in a heartbeat i want to be a man that's what i want to be i love being a man. I love walking the world as a man. I love all of it, everything about it. That said, we also get this idea from this group of people that says that gender is socially constructed. Now, 
I'm going to tell you right now, that is wrong, especially if we believe in science and biology. What's socially constructed is attitude. So me as a male, I'm actually a biological woman. You can never change that. I'm a biological woman who looks like a man. I live as a man. That said, what's socially constructed is my attitude, my macho, masculine, hyper-masculine attitude. That's socially constructed. So this is what they're actually trying to say, that gender is socially constructed. No, it is not. That's like saying biology doesn't exist. So these are sort of the arguments I get into too. I'm a believer of biology and science and they are not. Now, one of the things that we find with gender non-binary and gender uh, non-conforming people is that sometimes that's kind of their stepping stone while they're figuring yeah. out their gender. So sometimes, you know, it's like they'll figure out that, you know, this is, uh, you know, assigned female or assigned male at birth and something and will give them a shock awakening. They're like, something doesn't, something does not feel right in this. And it'll right. take, you know, that sometimes they'll get there and they'll stay there for a while. It's not about gender roles. It's about something doesn't feel right in this. And after a few years of playing with, you know, dressing like the opposite gender in, you know, in small bits of time after coming up to small groups, eventually some in that group will transition. So right. it's, uh, you know, it's, sometimes it's a stepping stone over to trans. I do believe that. I've seen it happen many, 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 many times. So I just really want us all to stop bitching about each other's identity. And I want people to understand that, you know, if we just stop focusing on what you are, who you are, what you say, and instead focus on the outside problem, which is everyone else who hates us, we will move forward so fast and we will actually have the most amazing community. But I've been in this community for 30 years and I do, I've never seen this infighting that there is, never. And it's all coming from the new trans community. Did you know that? I, I think a part of this is that anytime you get a group of people on the internet, like there's going to be a small group of assholes that wants to run That's it. Right. And it just and, and that small group of assholes always makes drama. And I, I right. think it's a group of people that convene on the internet slash go to conventions. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just <laughs> saying. And they don't go to enough conventions. They, to they enough. do, <laughs> but not enough that it makes it financially viable for people to put on the conventions. <laughs> These are the people that go to like one convention a year and there's always drama. <laughs> Well, you know, I think there's a lot of envy in this community. Everybody wants to be a YouTube star. Everybody wants to be Instagram famous. Everybody wants to be famous on some level. And I think that's detrimental to the youth because yeah. the youth see this idea of fame and they all become YouTube stars, but then they get older and they become 25. And then there's the newer generation coming in and <laughs> moving them away. And now the 25-year-olds are going, oh, now what am I going to do? And I go, I told you, you should not be just on YouTube. You should be out there trying to figure out what the rest of your life is going to be like. Yeah, I'm 30. Six and I'm like, watch this tickety talk thing these kids are talking about. I, I, I didn't even catch up with the snapshots you guys had up here yet last so year. Great. They've lost sight of what's important, and that specifically yes. is cat memes. No one's investing in cat memes anymore. No, oh, so bring them back. Whatever happens, you bring them back. Bring, I need more Doge. I need more internet Doge. Really though, we we got it. That's the, a big problem. Everybody wants to be seen, so I think yeah. they attack also people who have a voice and who are visible because for some reason they think I represent, I don't represent anything You're transing wrong. Yeah, exactly. You were not That's transing exactly the way right. they would trans. And so you need, and here's the thing, I know my thing is science writing and people think that, you know, like no matter what the community is, people think that it should have a certain sound to the voice that talks mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. it. And it's like, look, I talk about science with a side of pussy jokes. Right so on. obviously people get very mad. They're like, no, science <laughs> has test tubes and it's serious. <laughs> and it's men with beards and lab coats. Totally. And I'm like, dick jokes. Dick. Take the dick jokes. Take it hard. And <laughs> right on. Apparently not everybody likes that kind of talk. But like, you know, I had a lot of pushback because apparently I, you know, fucked with science respectability. And I'm like, look, my articles, like I can repost an article from two years ago. It will still get a million views. Oh yeah, right like, on. And it's that kind of like, and people look at, you know, at what makes someone an influencer or what makes mm -hmm. somebody YouTube or whatever, and they can't find what the tangible quote talent is. Mm -hmm. They're like, well, I can do that. I can write. And they're like, I'm kind of, I can make a funny thing up. So they look at it and there's that envy because they're like, of course I can do that. Right. Well, right. The only way you can do that is by proving it. There's nothing holding you back, Bernie. That's right. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's <laughs> It's not it's not a conspiracy. If your shit's good, you're going to get viewers. You're going to get people following you. That's and sometimes right. and look, sometimes people get followers for bad reasons. I'm not going to lie. Well, of course. But like, 
you can't like there is a bit of it that's jealousy going you know it should be me doing you know it should be me getting those right there's a lot of envy and i really believe sometimes the attacks come from envy and then they they really want to be in this space and like i you know what i tell these i'm 57 years old i work my ass off to get where i am today and i continue to work my ass off and that's what i want to instill in the youth there's no work ethic there's no idea Mm -hmm. that we can go out i paid for all of my surgeries nobody ever helped me with anything i got jobs i saved and that is something that I tell those kids, stop doing GoFundMe campaigns. When you do GoFundMe and nobody puts money in your account, how does that make you feel? It makes you feel shitty about yourself because nobody loves me. Now, if you go and get a job and you have a check every week and you take a certain, you're going to feel so badass that you paid for your own surgery that it's going to be like so empowering. We need to empower these youth. They're not empowered. They're feeling disconnected. They're feeling angry. They're feeling like nobody cares about them. And so we're not giving them this way to actually start empowering them themselves. I have a question. If someone were to go, you know, pick their pussy for a surgery, do they actually get to do that? Do they get to say, <laughs> like, do they get to, like, for uh, nose jobs? They do. Right? They do. Oh, I wanted to know that. Like, do they just pull up a photo of Angela White's and be like, this, 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 I want this? Yeah. There's a great surgeon in Thailand. He's one of the best actual uh, bottom surgery for transgender women. Oh, wow. So go, for penis to a vagina. So he does the most insane. You, It looks and actually feels like a real vagina. I was like, wow, this is insane. So yeah, you can actually, he has pictures that I think that people can look at his work. I don't know if they can necessarily see because it depends on the size of your penis and the size of your testicles and all of those things are going to play into creating the vagina. So fun story, totally uh, a side thing. I found out from a friend of mine who after uh, she underwent uh, bottom surgery that from having uh, had a circumcision that she was left with a lot less tissue for her surgeon to work with. So she's like, here's another reason why you shouldn't circumcise because you never know if your kid is going to be trans one day. Wow. Hmm. I know it's a really strange, uh, like there are a zillion other reasons why circumcision is just like, it's gross. Like it's just, don't do it. Don't cut off the flap of, it's silly. Just fucking take home the entire kid. That's Uh, right. But yeah, that's a a random thing found out from a trans girlfriend of mine that you you lose some tissue to work with from that. But I found out another trans girlfriend of mine had every possible disaster happen when she underwent her bottom surgery. Oh, um, no. oh no. Basically, her story is the reason why a few other of my trans girlfriends have not um, mm. gone through with it. And it's like, I'm guessing things are better than they were 20 years ago. But, you know, it's still a major surgery in an area mm-hmm. that, you know, is hard to heal. So, mm-hmm. Ooh, proceed with caution. Research your surgeon carefully, people. Well, the thing is, for trans women, the surgery is amazing. They have really done an amazing. I used to date a trans woman, and so sexually active with her, and I was like shocked. Yeah. I was like, wow. I was with her before her surgery and after her surgery. Oh wow! And it was really fascinating to be with her in both places because prior to the surgery, we had she had a high sex drive, and after, and I'm not saying this is for every, but this particular woman, she completely lost her sex drive, and it was oh. really I saw it happen mm-hmm. to her, and I was like, whoa, and it made her depressed. She totally got depressed from it. But I was like, hey, your vagina looks amazing. (laughs) If that means anything. (laughs) Oh, man. Another girlfriend of mine who transitioned had uh, surgery said her sex drive because she was suffering so badly uh, from dysphoria issues. um, Sex drive went through the roof because finally she could look at herself as sexual. Yes, beautiful. It was giving her her such bad dysphoria to see herself as a man because she couldn't see herself as a man having sex. I'm like, oh, man. Like those are things that we just, uh, Alice and I, wouldn't think nope, of because it's just not a thing that ever would go through our our mind. Never. I just found out the other day from a trans friend that when she had her new vagina, she had to get electrolysis beforehand yeah. because yeah, yeah, you yeah, oh. when they do folds, yep. you don't want hair That's growing right. in weird places. Oh. So fun That's fact, right. audience. <laughs> And also labia. Yeah, Every like trans inside. woman you know who's had bottom surgery yeah. is more of a badass than <laughs> <Totally>. you. <laughs> oh, my God. Totally. Wow. <laughs> Ladies, I salute you. Yeah, right Thank on. Thank you, tutorials. You're even right? more of a goddess than I realized. That's right. I mean, trans people who transition fully physically, it's a lot of work to do. I mean, I think it's much harder oh, for yeah. a trans woman on some level. There's a lot more things that you have to do, I think. For guys like me, we just take testosterone, grow a beard, and fucking lose our hair and start to look like a big ugly dude and like get muscles and like we look like a man it's like it's been really interesting watching my brother transition yeah i bet it was like we looked similar and now it's like i i have like there's a brother that looks similar to me instead like it's and it trying to like here's the thing you never um you don't always automatically want to like you know out someone as being trans to someone Mm -hmm. so like i try to when i'm having 
conversations and, so, you know, and a memory comes up of mm-hmm. our youth. I try to, you know, say my brother. And it's like, sometimes it'll be about, you know, the prom or something like something that was, you know, gendered. And it's like, how do I have <laughs> to reimagine some things yeah. just to make history a little more, just to pad history a little bit. Of course. You know? Yeah. Like it's, you know, you bubble wrap the things that need bubble wrapping. How old is your brother, may I ask? Oh, man, he's turning 40 this summer. Right on. And how long did he, how long has he, trans- did he start transitioning? Oh, dear. It was only five years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, right yeah, on. Yeah, so right he, uh, he transitioned as an adult. So it was, it was fun to uh, make fun of him going for going through puberty because <laughs> totally. I'm the younger, I'm the younger <laughs> sibling. So, of course, like he, you know, he went through everything three years before me. So he uh-huh. knew what was coming. <laughs> uh, so I start my period and things start and he's like, and he's making fun of me. Yeah. And I don't know that I'm going to get my revenge 20 years later when his voice starts cracking <laughs> true. and i'm like ah and he's like you're making fun of me for me i'm like no 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 this is not about being trans this is about you going through puberty that's right it's it awesome thing. i got to make fun of him for a year for uh, his voice cracking that's but, so yeah, sweet that's cool that he has a sister like you really yeah. it's, it's, it's awesome like, i'm i'm really happy for him he's got a great group of he's got oh, a great beautiful. support group he and his wife are doing wonderfully uh they're yeah he's really, really uh, fortunate that he's, you know, at a good point in his life. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm really happy that there were people out there like you who were kind of making it acceptable mm. to figure out who you were if this was, you know, it's a generation before my brother was out. Well, that's why I put myself out there as only for the people to see their future. I didn't see my future. There was nobody for me. I didn't have a trampa. I had nobody. So to actually to, for the kids to be able to see, like, you can actually grow to be 57 years old and you can actually have a career and you can actually be have a marriage and have kids and have all the things you want to be. That's why I put myself out there because I really want to have that visibility for the kids who see no future because many kids see no future. And that's a really bad, you never had to deal with that either one of you because you actually have people out there who are your future. You have a woman that you saw who's amazing that you said, I want to be like her. I, you know who was my future? G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe was my idol. G.I. Joe was the guy I wanted to be. G.I. Joe's body. I always took his clothes off. And the other, the thing I recognized the other day when I was talking about it in a place. And I said to myself, you know what? G.I. Joe doesn't have a penis. He actually has a vagina. (laughs) And I was like, wait a minute. Did that subconsciously get into my head (laughs) when I was a kid? That was it. G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe and Ken dolls inspired a generation. No, I totally used to make my G.I. Joe rate my Ken doll. (laughs) After Alex Jones gets out of jail for his DUI, he's going to be, G.I. Joe is making a next generation of kids change their gender. I know, totally. Yay, fuck you. G.I. Joe's in the water are making the frogs gay. I know, totally. G.I. Joe has a vagina. Deal with it. (laughs) Take away G.I. Joe's from the tadpoles. I think that's the the name of the episode is G.I. Joe has a vagina. Deal Deal with with it. it. Awesome. That would be badass if you do that. We will be getting hate mail from everyone for that. (laughs) Hate mail means you're doing it right. Did you know that? Hate mail and haters mean you're doing something right. I measure my success in hate mail. That's right. I I consider myself a fairly successful writer at this point. Awesome. (laughs) So- Buck, in your 20-year history, I mean, how, wait, how long have you been doing porn? For 20 years plus, minus? Yeah, I created the genre of trans male porn t- about 20 years ago. Yes, 20 you years. You created a genre. I created it, yeah. People it weren't exist. jerking off to that before no, you. they were not, which is so weird, isn't it? Like, it's just weird. Right? Oh, God, I got the best hate mail back in the day from men, from like cisgender men saying, you're not a man, and this is sick, and you're fucked up. And then other emails, they'd be like, I'm so attracted to you and I'm a gay man and I don't know what to do. Does that make me straight? And I'm all straight, dude. Are you looking at me? (laughs) It's just the vagina freaks them out. People are just trying to figure out what sexuality is and what gender is. They totally are. And I think it confuses people like what you're supposed to be attracted to, whether it's, you know, like, is it the person? Is it the face? Is it the rest of the body? Is it the genitalia? Is it some combination of the above? (laughs) And Alice is like, Alice, the wheels are turning. She's like, I I don't now. I never thought about these. (laughs) It's crazy. Just be attracted. That's why I say I'm bisexual because I'm attracted to people. I don't really give a shit what you are, how you identify. If I like you and you're hot and everything is cool, then that's just the way most people are. But we're so obsessed with this identity politics that we can't get outside of that. Yeah. It's like if your personality metaphorically twists my nipples, then your junk is far less of a concern. That's right, my friend. So 
since you had to create a whole new genre within the porn industry, what are some of the biggest changes you've personally seen as a trans person? In the industry? Yeah, itself? in the industry. Well, I'll tell you for, for- I know it's been huge, so. Yeah. For my genre, it hasn't changed a lot. We don't have still a lot of trans men doing porn. That mm-hmm. said, OnlyFans and things like that has really created yeah. a platform for more trans guys. And so I see it now happening and I see more nice. trans guys coming to it and more trans guys really participating in this. So that makes me really happy. Porn in itself, what has totally changed is the platform. Everything yeah, is online. Yeah. Everything is live cam. You don't even really have a website anymore. Everything is like OnlyFans or live web. So everything is digital. You, we don't even barely even make movies that much anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like those don't really even yeah. sell as big as they used to. So we're the weirdos personal. who watch for the plot. So I know I'm a plot person too, but mostly it's about connecting with the person you find attractive, whether that a porn star or whatever. So I think that's now the new porn is literally having an interaction with this person as opposed to buying their film. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. No, it makes total sense. Yeah. The clip requesting and whatnot. Exactly. Like more personalized. So things have become more personalized as, as opposed to like, Oh, now you can get bucks new movie. Now it's like, no, you can see me on webcam on Saturday at 9 PM. You know what I mean? So I think like on some level, I like that better because it doesn't, I don't have the stress of creating movies, which is a very stressful thing. Whereas now I can just show up online every Saturday night at nine and you can have a conversation or see me or pay for me to do some nasty things for you. <laughs> Plug for his OnlyFans. <laughs> Plug for his OnlyFans. That's right. <laughs> so when you did have to do movies, were you creating them yourself? Meaning yep. were you the one, you know, going out, finding producers, lighting, camera people, et cetera, because you were starting a whole new genre? Well, oh, totally. When I first started, oh, wow. there was no none, nobody. That was 20 years ago and I basically had to teach myself how to edit on Adobe Premiere and nobody would shoot with me. Not one single man or woman would shoot a film with me. So I I lived in New Orleans, Louisiana at the time. I had to go out to like the swamps and jack off with the alligators in order to make my first (gasps) film. It was ridiculous. I'm picturing like this very like Florabama. I really hope there is an alligator in the background. I'll pay for it. There is. I'm picturing this being like Florabama porn, like an actual alligator uh, in it's the real. background. No, there is. It's actually the swamps. Oh my swamps. I need to find this porn. Oh, I have it. I'll send you guys it. one. Oh my god. Yes. <laughs> it's so great. Yes. I think it's called The Adventures of Buck Naked. And I literally rented a cabin in the middle of the fucking swamps and I oh just god. shot a bunch of different scenes. The only person that would shoot with me was my wife at the time. So it's like hilarious, but like that was my very first film and from that I got a 12 picture deal with a porn company, but that porn company nice. ended up not paying me. So I was like, "You know what? You now have ruined the contract. I ripped the contract in front of him and I said now I'm going to create Buck Angel Entertainment. It was the best thing that ever happened to me. So now I nice. produced all my own porn. I own all, forever I own all my own content. And that was nice. one of the most amazing things that happened to me because even when I'm 80 I can make money off of my porn. Nice. Yeah, right on. It's just a continual revenue stream. Right on. And that's so different than, you know, a lot of content creators yes. nowadays because unless they create for themselves and their own OnlyFans, if you're working for a studio and you show up on set, you don't own that. That's right. At all. Nope, ever. And so you get paid a base pay, which women get paid a little bit more than men, which is interesting because in porn, it is flipped on who gets yeah. paid more. Women get paid more than men. That said, you don't own it. So you might get paid $1,500, which is top dollar for an actor. That And then that's it. That's all you get. Yeah. So that's not a lot of money. That barely pays for somebody's rent these days. So really, there's no money in porn unless you create your own space. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen the rent in LA. Yep. You have to turn it into an all-encompassing business at this point. Yep. yep. Totally. Now, question, because you were filming in the swamps, did you ever, <laughs> all right, I have to ask, Somebody. did you ever come on a Confederate flag? <laughs> no, but actually that's a great idea. Oh, man. Oh, no, but you know what? If I did anything like that, somebody would call it racist, and then I'm going to be caught, you know, they're going to look at me, you guys. I totally look like that scary white racist dude. I know how I look. All you need to do is film a video of yourself in sunglasses <laughs> in a car talking to it. <laughs> Right. You have what I believe our friend David Smalley has called resting racist face. (laughs) 
That's brilliant. It's I like, have that. I totally have. It's that. like, look, I'm not. I don't. I'm I didn't not. mean to. I was just born with this face. <laughs> I, I just. I want. I, I want to go into a 7-Eleven and a guy has a Confederate flag hat on. Oh, he thinks I'm on his team, no and I shit. am not. That happens to me all the time. They're like, "Hey, bro, what's up?" And I'm like, "I'm not your bro." Just so you know, I'm a man with a pussy. So move over and get out of my way. And they're just like, uh, like I say it all the time to them because fuck them. I'm not your bro, dude. And don't fucking do that shit. Like, oh, yeah, man. yeah, dudes do that shit to me all the time. See, Once, you're, in- <laughs> you're dismantling the patriarchy in a much more subtle way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like, you're just like, I'm going in and shocking them of being like, I have a vagina, motherfucker. That's right. You did not expect this. <laughs> no, they, and I go to the gym a lot and then I do the men's dressing room and I walk around naked on purpose. That is totally my activism. And every day somebody says wow. something to me and every day I say, it's a vagina. And every day that man turns around with a red face. <laughs> wow. Because yeah. I know I know that took, because my brother, a uh, very active gym goer, he mm-hmm. was in the, uh, in the army before he transitioned. Oh, and it took him a little while to go from like, I, I think he at first, you know, just packed his stuff and changed, you know, went home to shower. Sure. And I, I think like i don't know what his routine is but do you recommend just walking around with the vagina hanging out yes here's what i recommend for him to do be comfortable don't do it unless you're comfortable because it might give you dysphoria for sure but just literally walk or go to the i go to the toilet and back to my my locker or i go to the steam room without a towel and like i don't care you know what tell your brother he has every right to be like there like everybody else he's a man and he's allowed to be in that space he might not have a penis but that does not not we need to start showing the world that there are men like us because the more visible we all are the less stigma there is out there and that's a Very real thing true. yeah I mean I won't tell him where he has to expose his <laughs> vagina but I'll tell him you know what fuck Angel does <laughs> when he's comfortable he'll do it he'll figure out the space to do it in and that's everyone has their own time to do it I'm just that guy who doesn't care I'm very lucky I just don't care and frankly you also look like you could beat the crap out of a few people <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> like I dare you to say something about my vagina You're like what <laughs> You think my clitoris isn't pretty? What? <laughs> you know, that said, I totally disagree with people who feel uncomfortable. Well, there's a man yeah. or a woman in this specific space. And the way I see it is it's like, okay, how attractive do you think you are? Yeah. <laughs> Let's start there. <laughs> no one's looking at you and no one cares. No. Do they think there are no gay men in this locker room? Right. Right on. Like, Right. Or by women or, yeah. It's like whatever locker room you were in, do you think there are not people of your gender that were assigned that gender at birth exactly. that are not looking at you going, nice tits? You know, it's only in America, kids. Right? It's only in America. I travel, like I said, yeah. I go to toilets in Germany and fucking Russia, wherever I'm uh-huh. at. Nobody ever, I mean, I know I pass, but I yeah. don't understand the misgendering thing. I do. I used to get yeah. it all the time because I was a w- woman who looked like very masculine. And so I got nailed all the time. It's not that oh, I wow. don't understand it. All the time when I went, in the, in the woman's room they'd be like ah there's a man in here and you're like ah no I'm really a lady and then it would be like totally fucked up yeah I get it I didn't realize you were androgynous slash masculine looking before you transitioned yeah I was m- totally masculine looking people couldn't tell if I was a boy or a girl and oh, then wow. you know I modeled as a woman I modeled uh, and I was one of the very first androgynous models in the 80s and so they sent me to Europe to like become a huge supermodel and I was like where's the cocaine and where's the <laughs> <laughs> and I was like doing so much coke. As one does. And you were in Europe, so you would get the good stuff, obviously. I got the good stuff. And then it yep. just took me out. And I didn't I didn't show up for any of my casting calls. I didn't I didn't <laughs> they sent me back to LA with black eyes because I was fighting all the dudes and like I was one of those crazy model girls. <laughs> My God. Why is this not surprising <laughs> at all? Like, this is where your energy levels are at 57. Like you at 22, that young, tiny, modeling. That like, was insane. I'm, just, I'm picturing just anarchy. <laughs> Fucking anarchy. Oh, it was insane. And they were like, we're going to make you a supermodel. And I'm like, no, you're not. And I'm just like, <laughs> uh, I'm like, I am not doing this. And it was horrible. Honestly, I hated it. It was and so. And when I came back to LA, I had no family. My family disowned me. I had no friends. They were tired of me sleeping on their couch. I literally was homeless in West Hollywood for like a month doing prostitution and smoking crack. And oh my God, my life was insane. That's why I don't care what people say. They can go fuck themselves. I have worked hard to get where I'm at. And 
I have lived in a space that you could never even imagine. That said, why are a bunch of kids going to bite at my ankles? And you think I'm going to sit there and let them cancel me out? (laughs) Good luck on that, my friend. You're like, I have fought too long and too hard and out of worse gutters than this. That's right. I'm like that old fucking grandpa guy. He's like, fuck you, kitties. You you can't take me out. It's not grandpa. It's (laughs) grandpa. So, Tranpa, where can our listeners find more of you? Oh, I'm pretty accessible. <laughs> hey, baby. <laughs> uh, Buckangel.com, uh, Instagram, Buckangel, Twitter, Buckangel, Facebook. I'm not really big on Facebook, but I'm there. You can find me if you want. But that, I'm easy. And honestly, let me tell your listeners, if you want to talk to me, send me a message because I'm I'm very accessible. I will have a conversation with you, 100%. So if you have hate mail, maybe make it a conversation if you have a good point. <laughs> <laughs> maybe no one's going to give you hate mail. Maybe everyone's going to love us all. If you have hate conversations, we'll take hate conversations. I like I like rage typing as much as the next person. Right on. <laughs> so that said, we do have some patrons to thank uh, for sending you, Buck, your amazing mic, and Pink for oh, editing sweet. and getting to show up and running. So this week, we want to thank... Bethany, Nicole, That Thing in Attic, Brian Butcher, Brian Gowdy, Christy, Dennis, Mark Romer, Mr. Danks, Priest Pilot, Robert as a party, Stephen Jones, Wendy Cornwall, Hazel, James, Jason, Jeff Peterson, and many, many others. And if you want to become a patron yourself, hop on over to patreon.com slash two girls, one mic, or just go to two girls, and hit the support button. It'll take you right there. But of course, tell all your friends and Yvette, where can our listeners find you? Y'all can find me at the Cybabe on Instagram and Twitter and over at facebook.com slash Cybabe, where I am serving up science and snark uh, and occasional memes telling you to wash your fucking hands. Uh, and <laughs> Alice, where can people find you and the show? You guys can find me at Rational Blonde on Twitter. You can find the show at TGOM Podcast, whether it be on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all the places. And Patreon, of course, so patreon.com slash two girls and Mike. But Buck, thank you so much for joining us today. This is great. Of course. I I love you. I love you guys so much. And I really, these things are very important to, you know, for my voice. So I appreciate that you let me come on here and rant like an old trampa. But let me leave you with this. I think if we start to come together like this, even though we do not, might not necessarily agree on things, we won't start to understand that to move forward in this world, we have to have some balance. And without balance, the world is uneven and unevenness causes anger, destruction, and possibly death. And moving to the dark side of the force. Right and we on. all saw how that worked out for yeah. Darth Vader. That's right. That's Turned into a force right. ghost. There so, you go. So balance, guys. We balance, like balance. <laughs> Zoomers, we know you're excited about death, but come on. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> Don't go straight forward into the coronavirus. <laughs> oh, that's some, I even took a week off the gym because I was so scared of the virus. I know that's oh, a big man. deal for me. You say that and I'm looking at tickets to Italy. I'm like, ooh, what's open? <laughs> I know. No shit. You should go now. Now's the best time to go. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I'm looking at possibly purchasing refundable flight tickets. How much uh, are they? So it went down 40%. It was $1,000 <laughs> to $600 round trip from New York City a few days ago. Tickets to England next month are like $300 round oh, trip from LA. Wow. I'm going to book my hotel right now. I'm what? considering it. I'm Do considering it. Yet. Do it. Oh. I'm going to New York. I'm going to New York next week. I don't care. I'm going. Yay. Like, but here's what'll happen. I'll book it, and then <laughs> I'll get coronavirus. So like, true. never mind. Uh, never mind. There will be an outbreak <laughs> in my city or their city. I personally <laughs> will get sick. Like, that's that's how the guarantee. Like, what I want to happen is I will get coronavirus. I will get over it, and then I can fly everywhere where everyone else is sick. And it's like it's okay. I'm already immune. It's cool. right it's cool. on. Right on. Totally. So, I'm the guy who takes a chance. I don't care. I'm flying. (laughs) We talk about all this joking, but please, guys, this even a mild case is a fever and a really severe cough. But don't fuck around with this. Wash your fucking hands. Follow a quarantine. Get the flu shot. Thank you. I'm going to get the flu shot. I'm so excited. All right. Thank you guys for hanging out. Bye, guys. (laughs) Bye. Bye. 